to the ExtraordinaryChurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. And I can have what it says I can have. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Listen, you have stuck with me through six weeks. This is the seventh week of a Generous Life series. And I hope that you have enjoyed it. I have enjoyed diving into the Word of God and unpacking it with you. Uh, Today, this is it. And in the beginning, what we did is we talked about awareness. Now, I want to encourage you, if you have some time or if you've missed any of these uh, sermons, I really want to encourage you, go back and watch them. Even I would even encourage you to reference them from time to time as they will give you a greater understanding of where we are and what God is doing. But the first thing we talked about was awareness. If you remember, we talked about awareness. Oftentimes, we can forget and become unaware of the world around us. We can be so self-absorbed, we make it about us, me, myself, and I, and that's it. But once we have an awareness, we understand that God will activate our generosity. And we have to choose to activate our generosity. That's the second thing we talked about. The third thing we talked about was the ripple effect. If you remember, if you don't remember these sermon titles, it's okay. But we talked about after creation, right? God, uh, God in- creates or establishes the institution of marriage. Then he deals with humanity's fall. And the fourth thing we see is unfold is how giving and worship are related. We learn that we got to crucify Cain and let Abel live. Okay. The fifth thing that we talked about, or the fourth thing we talked about is uh, don't sleep on tithing. Before we can be a giver, we have to first be a returner. Okay? Then we talked about uh, forgiving. Okay? In order to be a good giver, you have to be a forgiver. We talked about that passage in Luke 6 that a lot of times people misunderstand talking about press down, shaking together, running over. It's not about giving. It's about judgment. And how, Anyway, we, I'm not going to re-preach it. But anyway, then last week we talked about uh, being generous people with our time, our talent, and our treasure. Okay, today, last day, we're going to talk about three specific types of offerings that I believe are going to bless you and give you some insight. So when I say we're going to jump into Scripture, like, just keep your Bible open. If you don't have your Bible or your Bible app, pay attention on the screen. We'll have it there, okay? So stick with me here. But the first thing I want to talk to you about is a sacred offering, a sacred offering. And there are several passages of Scripture that give us this illustration, but I'm going to highlight one in particular that I want you to see. So let's go to Exodus 35, verse 4. Exodus 35, verse 4. We're going to park here for a minute, like in all of Exodus 35, okay? So check this out. Then Moses said to the whole community of Israel, this is what the Lord has commanded. Take a sacred offering for the Lord. 
let those with generous hearts present the following gifts to the Lord. Okay? So Pastor Moses is getting ready to receive an offering. Praise God. Okay. I'm, I'm not saying I'm Pastor Moses. I'm just saying. Whole community of Israel. This is what the Lord has commanded. Now, watch this. Check this out. Okay? I want you to look at the list of things they can give unto the Lord in this sacred offering. Gold, silver, and bronze, blue, purple, scarlet thread, fine linen, and goat hair for cloth, tanned ram skins, and fine goat skin leather, acacia wood, olive oil for the lamps, spices for the anointing oil, and the fragrant incense, onyx stones, and other gemstones to be set in the ephod and the priest chest piece. Now, let me just push pause here for a moment because last week we talked about your time, your talent, and your treasure. Notice the first thing God asked for is their treasure. Now, he didn't state that there is only a specific thing that you could give. It's actually the opposite. He gives them an extensive list of treasures that people can present unto him. Think about it. What if he was like, hey, let those with generous hearts present gifts of gold to the Lord. Some people could have said, well, don't have any gold. What if he were like, hey, let's get ready to present generous gifts of silver to the Lord. Anybody got any silver? Yeah, we'd be like, well, y'all know what, y'all, don't act like y'all don't know. People are like, you got any money? You'd be like, Y'all be way down here. You know, you, you already know you ain't got no money. You're just trying to drive the point home. Like, you can just pat me down. I don't have anything. Any bronze. You who are going to give generous gifts, bring bronze. So he, did, he, did, he didn't do that. He didn't do that. I want you to look at what he does here. He presents a menu of items in which his people can give. He was basically saying, you don't have any precious metals? Cool got some blue, purple, or scarlet thread. I'm looking for blue. Luis, you got on some blue. Okay. I almost wore blue. Instead, I'm wearing this big suit that's way too big. Praise God. I had like five minutes to change. I, I was struggling. I was like, I'm losing weight. So I was like, I pulled it out and then I put it on. I was like, I don't have time to change. Praise God. I'm about to figure it out. Bring uh, scarlet linen, you know, scarlet linen, uh, scarlet thread, uh, and you can participate with these things, okay? He said, tanned skins and fine goatskin leather, acacia wood, olive oil for lamps, spices for the anointing oil, and the fragrant incense, onyx stones, and other gemstones to be set in the ephod and the priest's chest piece. Here is the objective. He wants everybody to give. I want you to be able to participate with whatever you have. I want you to be involved. I want you to be engaged. So don't have gold, no problem. Don't have bronze, no problem. Don't have silver, no problem. Don't have blue, no problem. We've got you covered. God wants all of us to be involved. Now, we just talked about treasure. Now look at what happens in verse 10. But let's look at this sacred offering. Look at verse 10. Come. All of you who are gifted craftsmen, construct everything that the Lord has commanded, the tabernacle and its sacred tent, 
its covering, clasp, frames, crossbar, crossbar, excuse me, posts and bases, the ark and its carrying poles, the ark's cover, the place of atonement, the inner curtain uh, to shield the ark, the table, its carrying poles, and all its utensils, the bread of the presence for light, the lampstand, its accessories, the lamp cups, and the olive oil for lighting the incense altar and its carrying poles, the anointing oil and fragrant incense, the curtain for the entrance of the tabernacle, the altar of the burnt offering, the bronze grating of the altar and its carrying poles and utensils, the wash basin with its stand, the curtains for the walls of the courtyard, the posts and their bases, the curtain for the entrance to the courtyard, the tent pegs of the tabernacle and courtyard and their ropes, the beautifully stitched garments." For the priest to wear while ministering in the holy place. The sacred garments for Aaron the priest. And the garments for his sons to wear as they minister as priest. Wow. God made it really plain. I'm always amazed when people think they read scripture. And they be like, well, is that what that really means? Like, I think, I think it's kind of ambiguous. No, 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 no. No, he makes it really plain. Like, the construction of the ark, really plain. The construction of the temple, really plain. God is a God of details, and details matter to him. Humanity's problem is this. We don't like reading the instructions. Or maybe I should say it this way. We don't like obeying or following the instructions. We want to do things our way. Anyone willing to admit when you buy something, oftentimes you don't read the instructions. We got like three people in here. Ikea broke me of this. Because it is the worst. Ikea furniture broke me of this horrible habit of not reading instructions. However, if you want to put together something from Ikea, you will have to follow it step by step. Can I tell you, if we want God's results, you have to follow his plan step by step. So, can you imagine, for anybody that's been in church any amount of time, you understand that it can get tight when people talk about money, in particular the pastor talks about money. I'm uncomfortable talking about money right now. So, however, I want you to see the response of the people, Joyce. Watch this. Look at verse 20. So the whole community of Israel left Moses and returned to their tents. Now, watch this. This is great. This is, this is really cool. Don't want you to miss this next verse. This is amazing. Praise God. Look at verse 21. All whose hearts were stirred and whose spirits were moved came and brought their sacred offerings to the Lord. They brought all the materials needed for the tabernacle, for the performance of its rituals, and for the sacred garments. This is an amazing response. Now, check it out. Did it say everybody came back from their tent? Did it say the whole community of Israel came back and gave? The whole community heard it. Moses was pretty plain in his instructions. They went home and it said all whose hearts were stirred and whose spirits were moved came and brought their sacred offerings to the Lord. 
This is why I need you to understand. I'm just going to push pause for a moment. God has never needed 100% participation in giving to accomplish his will. I'm going to help you out. Why? Because if he did, you need to understand that if he did, that would mean that you and I could hold God's vision hostage based on if you felt like giving or not. God has never needed everybody to be able to give into the vision he wants to get done. Only those whose hearts have been stirred, only those who have been moved, only those who were bought in brought what was necessary. I believe God is raising up people in this generation and that are connected to EC whose hearts are moved for the mission, whose hearts are moved for the purpose, who understand what God is doing in this hour. So, check this out. Look at verse 22. I love this. I'm hot, praise God. Both men and women came. All whose hearts were willing. I'm going to show you something. And you might be wondering, like, why are you talking about generosity for six or seven weeks? Because it's a matter of the heart notice everybody that's involved man they're willing there is nothing worse than somebody who is unwilling to give and then they give it but they didn't really give it it's like they make it all about them you've had those moments where like you know people are like oh man let me have a bite Deborah looked like one of those people just you, you be enjoying your food and Sheila, all those fries look good. I know, they are good. They do look good. She's like, yeah, they look real. They're crispy, too. They're very crispy. Oh, I've always liked the potato wedges. I do, too. I like potato wedges. And then, praise God, you know. And then she'd be like, well, can I have one? And what if I was like, just take it. You all up in my food, just take it. It's like, well, what is that all about? No, 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 no. You know what? We talked about giving generously, willingly, had a willing heart to do so. We're moved to do so. Now, I'm going to show you something. This is really cool. Stick with me here. Now, they brought their, look look what they did. All whose hearts were willing. They brought to the Lord their offerings of gold, roaches, earrings, rings from their fingers, and necklaces. They presented gold objects of every kind as a special offering to the Lord. All those who owned the following items willingly brought them blue, purple, and scarlet thread, fine linen, and goat hair for cloth, and tanned ram skins, and fine goat skin leather. And all who had silver and bronze objects gave them as a sacred offering to the Lord. And those who had acacia wood brought it for use in the project. All the women who were skilled in sewing and spinning prepared blue, purple, and scarlet thread, and fine linen cloth. All women who were willing used their skills to spin the goat hair into yarn. The leaders brought onyx stones and the special gemstones to be set in the ephod and the priest chest piece. They also brought spices and olive oil for the light, the anointing oil, and the fragrant incense. Watch this, verse 29. So the people of Israel, every man and woman, who was what? Eager. Eager to help in the work of the Lord, had given them through Moses, brought their gifts, and gave them how? Freely. (laughs) 
freely to the Lord. Again, it never said everyone gave, just those who had a heart to give. Now, watch this. I want you to understand. This is so important. I want you to understand. This is why the Bible tells us you have to guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life, right? This is how you know this is a heart issue, because I want you to see how when, when people get connected to generosity and they're giving with a heart to give, I want you to watch what happens. Look at the next chapter, verse 36, or ch- excuse me, chapter 36, verse 3. And they received from Moses all the offering which the children of Israel had brought for the work of the service of the making of the sanctuary. So they continued bringing to him free will offerings every morning. Did you catch that? They continued bringing to him free will. Free will offerings when, in other words, every single day. When you open up the heart of a giver, you can't shut it off. They gave blue, they gave gold, they gave earrings, purple thread, went home and was like, wait a second, what else can I give? Got up the next morning and was like, I got another offering for you. They didn't even ask for another offering. They just came in and was like, hey, I want to give you something else. Why? Because I have a heart to give and I'm ready to give right now. You don't have to ask but one time. And from there, I'm going to keep coming back with a gift and another gift and another gift. And giving and living a generous life, a sacred offering is what the Lord wants us to pursue. Now, I know y'all probably like, well, Dag, what are you trying to say, Pastor Kill? That's why y'all looking at me like real tight. Do you want us to give every day? <sighs> Hold on. Stick with me, praise God. (sighs) First of all, I know I keep saying this, but like, you're not giving it to me, first of all. You're giving it to the Lord. Now, watch this. Let's look at verse 3 again, and then I'm going to read 4 and 5. And they received from Moses all the offering which the children of Israel had brought for the work of the service of making the sanctuary. So they continued bringing to him freewill offerings every morning. Verse 4, then all the craftsmen who were doing all the work of the sanctuary came each from the work he was doing. And they spoke to Moses saying, watch this, the people bring much more than enough for the service of the work which the Lord commanded us to do. Let me translate. In other words, Eli Jordan, hey, hey, Pastor Moses, can you tell the people to stop And Moses will like, stop what? Stop sinning? No, 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 no. Stop giving. <laughs> Can you imagine? I come in, I'm like, hey, yo, I got something I told you about. It's real. It's serious. I, y'all got to stop. And y'all are like, oh, he knows. The Lord done spoke to that man. And reveal to me, oh, and here I get up behind the pulpit and I say, stop giving. Because you've given so much. Wow, praise God. (laughs) Now check this out. So Moses gives a commandment, verse 6. 
Moses gave a commandment, and they caused it to be proclaimed throughout the entire camp. Let neither man nor woman do any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. And look at this. And the people were restrained from giving. <laughs> Holding people back from giving. Moses is like, I cannot let you go. Because if I let you go, you are going to go up there and give more. And we don't have enough room. This is crazy, y'all. For the material they had was sufficient for all the work to be done. Indeed, too much. So, are you ready to give? If so, a sacred offering to the Lord is whatever you have to give to him. There's people in here right now that have a capacity to send an e-transfer of $100,000 and not blink an eye. There's other people in here that might be like, you know what? I'm going to give $100 each hand. Just why? It's a sacred offering. No provocation. You know what? I know, I know the vision. I know the purpose of Extraordinary Church. I'm bought in. I know y'all trying to plant 36 churches, and it's going to happen. We got to finance it. Here's a check for $100,000. That can happen. But here's what I want you to know. In both instances, whether it's $100,000, $100, heaven is rejoicing. Heaven is not compartmentalizing the $100,000 offering and the $100 offering. Heaven didn't say, you know what, hey, 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 uh, y'all that dropped off gold bars, y'all that dropped off silver, and y'all that dropped off the bronze, y'all come sit up here in the front row. And, and, and y'all that gave the blue thread, y'all sit in the back. No, no, no. It was all a sacred offering to the Lord. God does not compartmentalize. Second thing, I got to hurry because I know I'm kind of teaching today, but here's the second thing. So we talked about a sacred offering. The next is a sacrificial offering. I almost titled this, I called this message Generous Hands, but I almost called it Jekyll and Hyde. Because I'm going to show you two people in Scripture, one that you're familiar with, and it's fascinating why. I mean, like, you've read Scripture before, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, is this why this will always be preached about and taught about? Because of the generosity. I'm going to show you how, if we're not careful, the reality of it is we have to be candid enough with ourselves to say, hey, I probably have both of these people inside of me, and I've got to make sure I die out to the one and allow the other to thrive. Let's go to John. The gospel of Jesus Christ according to John chapter 8, or excuse me, chapter 12. Now check this out, verse 1. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was uh, one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. But one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him. John is just throwing all kind of shade at him. Right now, he's like who would betray him, he, he's not pulling any punches here, 
why, what Betrayim said, why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This, he said, here go more shade. Not that he cared for the poor. <laughs> because he was a thief. I think John was like, look, I've been boiled in oil and I'm still alive. <laughs> I ain't playing no games with y'all. Y'all gonna get this truth. I'm the disciple he loved and Judas was a mess. Not that he cared for the poor, but he was a thief and he had the money box. And he, look at this, used to take what was put I mean, dang, John. Okay. You said take what was put in it. Look at verse 7. But Jesus said, let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. Verse 8. For the poor, I'm going to mess some of you all up. The poor, you'll have with you always. I know that's not the news you want to hear but the poor you will have with you always. There will always, I know, listen, there will always be ample folks who are in dire need. But me, you do not have always. Now, check this out. This is crazy. Because if you read about this in other uh, gospels, uh, you'll get a, bitter, uh, a different understanding of what takes place. So we understand that uh, this is one year's wages. Okay, this is a sacrificial offering. This is not a sacred offering. This is sacrificial. This is like, you know, this is, yo, this is a lot of money. Like the average median income in Mississauga, household income, is $92,000. Okay, uh, that's like somebody right now going to, what is it, what is it? Hudson Bay, is that called? Hud the Bay. Oh, praise God. I don't go to the Bay. Praise God. Oh, I've never been a mall guy, really, so I don't think I bought one thing from Hudson Bay. But anyway, go to Hudson Bay, and uh, you take that $92,000 salary that the government says your household produces, and you go to the fragrance department, and you're like, hey, that $92,000 fragrance, the one that Joyce gets all the time. <laughs> Praise God. Praise. I can smell it. No, I'm just kidding. Praise God. I think it smells nice. <laughs> no. <laughs> that $92,000 fragrance, give me that one. Give me that fragrance. And here's what I was talking with Raul about this earlier. You know what? And then I want to, I'm, I'm, I'm going back to my house. Jesus is there. Everybody's watching. I'm going to take that $92,000 bottle of fragrance. He's at the table. Lazarus is with him. Smash it. Break it. Then I'm going to get down on my knees and pour it on his feet. Ninety. <laughs> $2,000. Now, y'all like, you're going to ask for a sacrificial offering? <laughs> y'all like this. 
ain't one person lifted their hands. It's like, hallelujah. <laughs> Y'all like, is he going in like this? <sighs> what I want you to understand, yeah, let it out. This is fascinating what happens here. As the Lord receives this, there are several things that are happening. Judas is like, what's going on here? And Judas is trying to call some stuff out. And Mary's like, hey, you know what? I'm going to give it all. Why did Mary break the oil and pour it on his feet? Why did she do it? She remembered the week before. The week before her brother was dead in a tomb four days. And Jesus showed up and said, show me where you've laid him. God have mercy. Lazarus, come here. She remembered that. Sometimes in your life, you need to understand God is going to prompt you to Give a sacrificial offering because you'll remember what he has done in your life. And, and you're like, I will spend it all on you, God, because if it were not for you, where would I be? This is fascinating because what I want you to understand is this. You got, you got to let this. She understood what was happening. Now, I can remember, if you've ever given a sacrificial offering, you know right away. Let me tell you, like, this was an offering, but indirectly. You all, some of you know my story. When I was, I was working at the bank, uh, corporate banker at this time, and I was in acquisitions, and I wanted to be the corporate banker that would manage uh, businesses that would generate 300 plus, 300 million plus. And so the director of that department, he came to me, and he was like, his name was Chad. I'll never forget it. I won't say his last name. But he, uh, he said, man, hey, I'm, this opportunity has come up. We would love for you to join the team. And that's typically how the Lord had given me favor. They would just kind of come and say, hey, we, wanna, we don't really want to interview you. You know, we just want to talk. And I was like, is this how this really works? And so I learned over a period of time, it was just like, hey, you know, the favor of the Lord would just bless and bless. And uh, so I was like, oh, great. I was not expecting it, by the way. That's how you know promotion comes from the Lord and not others. I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't looking at it. I was just doing my work until the Lord. Chad just stuck his head around the corner and said, hey, you got a minute? I was like, yeah, what's up? And he just explained it to me. So immediately I looked at the job requisition. It's the job description and how much they're going to pay you. And when I looked at the job description and how much I was going to get paid, I did a little praise break. Y'all know I can't do that two-step, but I was like this. I was praying, right? No, actually, I went into the conference room, seventh floor, and I was just like, thank you, Jesus. I'm not joking. I was looking out. I was like, oh, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness there. Oh, look what the Lord has done. I was so excited because I was like, man, I'm going to be making Oh, I've been making a lot of money, at least for me back then. Uh, when was that? 2007 or 8? I looked at that requisition. The range was like two fifty dollars to $400,000 a year with compensation. I was like, man, LeBron, we in that money. So, and the Lord immediately was like this, resign. I was like, uh, 
get behind me, Satan. I was like, the devil is a liar. Not today. You are under my feet. I'm not making it. I was like, I know that's not the Lord. I know the voice of the Lord. And it is that he did not tell me to resign. No, that's what I said. No, sir. No, sir. Because I was like, Lord, what about that 7 Series BMW I'm going to pay cash for? I was like, what about the 25% I'm just going to put in retirement and not even miss it? I was like, what about the stuff I'm going to do for you, Lord? I was like, you know, we, at that time, we was a set-up breakdown church meeting in schools. I was like, you know, we need a building. I can help with that. And, <laughs> and the Lord did not say another word. So you know what? I allowed that inner Judas to grow. The inner Judas was like, we ain't going nowhere. I'm about to get this money. All $250,000 right now. About to get this black on black 7 Series BMW. Anyway, so I go, go to work. Man, all of a sudden, like the favor just shifted. People were accusing me of all kind of crazy stuff. I was like, do what? I'm talking like crazy stuff. Stuff that was not, like it was just false accusations. And I was like, I, no, no. Even my regional director was like, Akil, what are you doing? He was accustomed to bringing me into his office like, here's this bonus. Here's this. He was like, bro, we got a, we, we got a serious problem here. And it was there as I'm sitting in his office. Like his office, when you get with those regional directors, their office is like as big as this room. No joke. Like fireplace, fur on the, on the you know. And so I was like, um, sitting, he was, I was like, the Lord said to me, I told you to resign. You will not return to secular employment. So remember writing the resignation letter? They was burning a hole in my pocket told my director I needed to meet with her at a branch. She was like, why do we need to meet at the branch? Because we worked in corporate. And so I was like, just meet me there because I, I was done. I was done. I knew I had to resign. I did not know what we were going to do. I had no plan, had no conversations, didn't tell my pastor, didn't tell friends, only my wife. And I was like, the Lord told me to resign. She was at home with the kids. Kids just living their best life. Just two and three playing, my hair out. My hair just fell all out. I'm like, Lord, we... <laughs> and so I told my director, she's like, what's up? What do you mean? I said, I'm, I, she was like, I said, look, I'm going to resign. She was like, what? And I was like, yeah. She's like, why? And I was like, I'm sorry, crying. She's like, I'm like, God told me to. And she's crying. She's like, he did? <laughs> she probably thought I was crazy. But my point is, that resignation, that sacrificial offering hit different. I can't do that every year. You can't do a sacrificial offering every three months. <laughs> because it's going to cost you a lot. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not, but I, I remember... Right there, living, we talking about faith, folks. 
I, I, I ain't playing. We're talking about serious faith. Like if God didn't send it, it wasn't coming. We had a little bit of savings in place, and I remember God working all that out, and God did a miracle, and I'm thankful for that. But my point is, you know what? It was easy for me at the end of the day to obey him because when I thought about what he has done in my life up to that point, there is no way I could do anything other than obey and give him my yes. So, Mary, the Mary in you will want to sacrifice. The Judas in you will not. And I'm telling you, when it comes to sacrificial offerings, you have to ignore your inner Judas. Every single one of us has one. Because as soon as the Lord will tell you to give it, you'd <laughs> you be like, I you ever had somebody call you and you like, you like, I know you ain't talking to me. You kind of look like that. It hits different. If you're married, you look at your spouse and you be like, yo, the Lord just talked to me. And like, if you the one, like with the inner Judas, your spouse is the Mary. And they're like, I know the Lord just talked to me too. And you're like, well, what did the Lord say? And they're like, well, uh, the Lord said we should give. And you're like, yeah, I heard that too. But what did he tell you? How much? And they're like, well, uh, you know, uh, and then they see that number, and you just, you're like, oh, God. That's a confirmation. Going to cost you something. So, here's what I love. In this sacrificial offering, you know what Jesus does? Because Judas is getting loud. I mean, he didn't even keep his thoughts to himself. I mean, dang. Can you think about this? Think about the dichotomy, the paradox. You got, you got Mary, who remembers raising Lazarus from the dead, pouring out this oil. People are astonished. This is an extraordinary sacrificial offering, right? Can you imagine the atmosphere? It filled the whole room. Everybody could notice it. And Judas is over here like this. Could have given that to the poor. This man said it out loud. Is that what we're doing today, fam? We just go. <laughs> and Jesus has to say, leave her alone. He'll defend your sacrificial offering. It might not make sense to the corporate bankers. It might not make sense to those you work with. It might not make sense to those in your house. But Jesus was saying, leave her alone. Leave her alone. For what she is doing is under, and you know what's fascinating is, the Bible tells us this is a memorial and it will always be preached about. Could it be, could it be that God could deal with some of us here and we have 36 locations in the greater Toronto area, schools, rehabilitation centers, programs to develop and raise up kids. We got hospitals and we got campuses, good athletic complexes. We got all that. And people drive by and they say, man, did you hear about the extraordinary sacrifice? How God, could it be preached about and talked about for decades, if not centuries, should he tarry to come? So, 
Okay. All right. Y'all calm down. Y'all real tight. Praise God. The next thing is an extravagant offering. Y'all won't even make eye contact with me today. <laughs> typically when I preach, typically when I preach, y'all like this. Today, y'all like this. Like, oh, God. Y'all like Like, I ain't talking, I haven't referred to any scriptures. Are you looking at the word? Jaden, the only one locked in, but he ain't even smiled. He like this. <laughs> Praise God. I'm just kidding. Praise God. All right, last one, last one. So, they're sacred, they're sacrificial. Now there's a. Here we go. Here it is. Okay. Look at this. Check this out. Okay. Now. It was exceedingly abundant. I'm going to show you this. This is just crazy. The gift, the sacrifice. I can remember, you all know, I've, I've got testimonies for days because we believe in giving. We love giving, and I've made commitments as God just, I haven't had it happen in a while. This is not a cue for you to take in it. But, I, you know, the Lord did remind me of this as I was kind of studying because I was like, Lord, if somebody tells me that they like something, I'm going to give it to them. And so I had forgotten about it kind of really, right? Because nobody has really said they like, why would y'all like this big baggy suit, right? Uh, and I couldn't give it to you now anyway if I wanted to. But, and don't say you like my Apple Watch because I'm not giving you that. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. But um, people would say, hey, and I'm like, okay, Lord, I, I just, I would give it. I've given watches. I've given all kinds of stuff. But the Lord, I can remember, uh, one one extravagant gift that blessed us, and we've had many, but I can remember, you all know about the car. Uh, I remember, I said, hey, Lord, I'm driving the Nissan Sentra, and it's really tight. My son is growing. He's bigger than me almost. His knees are in my back, and I'm like, I can't even be comfortable. And he can't be comfortable. Uh, and so I was like, hey, I need a white Honda Accord. And I was just talking. Sarah was right there. She can be a witness. Like, I was just talking to the Lord, like, I need a white Honda Accord. And, like, later I was preaching. We get a text message. Somebody says, you asked the Lord for a car. And uh, we were like, uh. And they were like, you asked the Lord for this car. And they sent us a picture of a white Honda Accord. And they were like, when your husband gets back from preaching, there'll be a cashier's check. Go pay cash for the car. I was like, whoa. Is that how you do it, God? I was like, that's amazing. Even, like, when I paid for it, because, like, I told my kids, I was like, I love the Cosby show, right? So there was this Cosby show episode um, where he's buying a car. And, you know, he was a doctor, and his wife was a lawyer. And, but he said, I'm going to buy a new car, son, but we're going to go in looking bummy. Because he said, I don't want them to know I got money. He said, because if they know I got money, then I won't get a discount on the car. So he was like, don't tell the man what I do. Don't do any of that. So the guy was like, you know, what do you do for a living? He was like, I work. And uh, he was like, uh, well, where do you work? He was like, at a place called Hard. I work hard. And so I was that guy. I went in looking bummy. Like, we just won't work out clothes. I was like, shh, don't say anything. And um, he was like, you like the car? I was like, I was like, it's okay. But on the inside, I was like, yeah, that's my car, that's my car. So he was like, okay, we got to get some financing together, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, you know, let's get you to fill out this application. I was like, um, I'm going to pay with my debit card. And he was like, your debit card. 
He even would look, put his head down the hole. He was like, this man said he's going to pay with his car, put his car with his debit card. And he was like, I don't even know if we can do that. I was like, you need to find out, sir. I threw him for a loop because I was looking by me. And he was like, he brought the machine back and, um, you know, he put the total out there. There were like three or four of the people around, uh, employees. And so he was like, go ahead and swipe it. I swiped it. You know, we didn't have tap. We didn't have tap back then. I swiped it. Everybody was looking. You know, because it'll say like authorizing, right? It'll be like authorizing like dot, dot, dot. And you can't see the response, you know, that decline just sneak up on you. That, yeah. <laughs> but some of y'all that don't manage your money right, y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> y'all, you swipe that thing, you're like, oh God. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Lord, let it work. <laughs> some of y'all be ready to dip right then and there. <laughs> you be like, go now. <laughs> they said, authorizing, dot, dot, dot. Everybody was like, then it said, approved. I said, that's what happens when God does a thing. Praise God. I knew it was approved. I put that cashier's check in the bank. We were done. But I'm talking about that kind of giving. When somebody blesses you like that, you're like, wow, I, I can't get my mind around that kind of extravagance. Okay? I've been, I've been with people. I've connected with some people. I've known some millionaires who have given generously and it's blown. So watch this. Check this out. Look at First Chronicles chapter 29. First Chronicles chapter 29 verse 1. Then King David. <clears throat> this is what David's doing, okay? This is extravagant. David's leading the people in a corporate offering. Then King David turned to the entire assembly. Pastor David, looking at all of you all. said, my son Solomon, okay, my son Lincoln, whom God has clearly chosen as the next king of Israel. He's still young and inexperienced. The work ahead of him is enormous. For the temple he will build is not for mere mortals. It is for the Lord God himself. Now, let me just help you right side something right now. When you give, it's not for mere mortals. It's for God himself. So here's what, watch David. Using every resource at my command, I have gathered as much as I could for building the temple of my God. Now there is enough gold, silver, bronze, iron, and wood, as well as a great quantities of onyx, other precious stones, costly jewels, and all kinds of fine stone and marble. Now, what I'm going to show you is so extravagant, but I want you to understand that money is a heart issue. You all that are theologians, okay, everybody knows the scriptures, know the story of the young rich ruler, right? If you don't know it, he basically comes up to Jesus and is like, your, your Lord, hey, um, what do I got to do to inherit eternal life? And he was like, well, uh, you know, um, you know, obey the law. He was like, check. Um, you know, take care of mom and dad. I'm paraphrasing. Do what your mom and dad say. Check. He was like, um, take everything that you have. 
sell it, give it to the poor. This is what this man did. Didn't even have the courtesy to be like, excuse me, Jesus, I'm not going to do that. Just walk. Can you imagine talking with somebody and them just like, and he does this to Jesus. He just, he just, the Lord's like, take everything, sell it, give it to the poor. And then, guess what the Lord does? Preaches about it right then and there. This man can probably hear him. It's, Jesus is not playing any games. It is mad tight. The people are probably like, oh, did that man just walk away from Jesus and not say a word? And as he's walking away, Jesus is like, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man. <laughs> it's gangster. Your man, the Lord, dude is probably within earshot. He's probably like, is he talking about me? Is it, I'd be like, Jesus, is it like that? Help your boy out. I want to get right. So the man walks away. But you know what Jesus knew all along? Yeah, you can obey your mother and father. You can study the law. But here's what I know. See, you don't have money. Money has you. That's what he said. There's a difference. So David flips this upside down. This is why David was a man after God's own heart. Hear me. I know this is tight. Don't worry. It's not really tight. I'm just trying to say. But you know what? David was not tied to money. Money did not have David. David had money. Watch how David responds, okay? Watch how David responds. This is crazy. So look at this. And now look at verse 3. This is crazy. This is how extravagant David wants to be. And now because of my devotion to the temple of my God, I am giving all of my own private treasures of gold and silver to help in the construction. This is in addition to the building materials I have already collected for his holy temple. I am donating more than 112 tons of gold from... Oh, fear? That's like me saying, yo, you know what? Let me, I'm going to take my 5,000 shares of Apple stock. I'm going to get my 10,000 shares of Amazon. Here's what he does. And 262 tons of refined silver to be used for overlaying the walls of the buildings and for the other gold and silver work to be done by the craftsmen. Now then... Who will follow my example and give offerings to the Lord today? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you might be like, Mia, go play. 
already 4.30. Watch this. Look at verse 6. Then the family leaders, the leaders of the tribes of Israel, the generals and captains of the army, and the king's administrative officers all gave willingly. For the construction of the temple of God, they gave about 188 tons of gold, 10,000 gold coins, 375 tons of silver, 675 tons of bronze, 3,750 tons of iron. They also contributed numerous precious stones, which were deposited in the treasury of the house of the Lord under the care of Jay, a descendant of Gershon. I at least know where he's from. I can pronounce where he's from. The people rejoiced over their offerings, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord, and King David was filled with joy. All right, wow, I am getting ready to close. Come on. Musicians, why don't you come? Watch this, though. Look at verse 10. This is crazy. Then David praised the Lord. Watch this. David was a praiser. In the presence of the whole assembly. (laughs) David's going to have his own private praise party. And here's what he does. Oh, Lord, the God of our ancestor Israel, may you be praised forever and ever. Yours, oh, Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything in the heavens and on earth is yours. Oh, Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Wealth and honor come from you alone, for you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand, and at your discretion, people are made great and given strength. Oh God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. Look at this. Now this is David, who is giving like Jeff Bezos, the CEO of Amazon. I mean, like dude's got billions, billions. And this is what he says. But who am I? And who are my people? That we could give anything to you. Everything we have has come from you. And we give you only what you first gave us. God have mercy. I love this about David. This is another leadership lesson for another time. He says, we're only here for a moment, visitors and strangers in the land as our ancestors were before us. See, David understood. He was like, you know what? I'm only here for a moment. Just like Abraham, I'm going to be gone. Just like Jacob, I'm going to be gone. Just like Isaac, I'm going to be gone. Just like Gideon, I'm going to be gone. Why? Look, look. Check this out. He says... This is crazy. Our days are on earth are like a passing shadow, gone so soon without a trace. I, I can't remember what chapter is it is it is in Acts. I think it's Acts chapter 20. Paul is writing and he says, 
David did what he did in his generation and he died. No, he says he did what God told him to do in his generation and he's died and he's dead. Gone. Talks him and it says his bones are decomposing. David understood. God, I'm going to give you everything because I'll be gone. It's not about the here and now. It's about my heart being faced toward the king and his kingdom. So look at what David does. He says, I love this. 16, oh Lord our God, even this material we have gathered to build a temple to honor your holy name comes from you. It all belongs to you. Here it is right here. Here's the altar call. Watch this. I know, my God, that you examine our hearts and rejoice when you find integrity there. You know all. You know I have done all things with good motives, and I have watched your people offer their gifts willingly and joyously. Oh, Lord, the God of our ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, make your people always want to obey you because obedience is better than sacrifice. See to it that their love for you never changes. Why, Pastor Akil, have you been teaching on generous life, on a generous life for seven weeks? Here it is, Nadine. A generous life is something to be celebrated because when you can break your dependence on money, put your trust in God, then your bank account will never make you feel less than who you know whose you are. With a million, stand, with a million dollars in the bank, I'm a child of God. With six dollars in the bank, I'm a child of God. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. It all belongs to God. And there is no better way as for us to conclude this series. Thank you for watching online. I bless you. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.